House of Words podcast. We are your hosts, Nicole, and I am joined by our... What's up, guys? And Dexter. What's going on, y'all? And this week is a very special episode because we got a lot of things to cover, a lot of good stuff. Like, this has been a good two weeks worth of entertainment, like... Most definitely. We've consumed some good things. Uh, we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Utopia. We're going to talk about the last two episodes of Fargo. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've watched this week. So let's go ahead and start with that. So what have you guys been watching this week, Armani? Um, I started Demon Slayer. I've been trying to get back into my little anime groove. Uh-huh. Uh, and everyone's been saying it's really good. And I, it, honestly... It is probably one of the new generation of animes, like, their tops. Okay. Like, that's going to go down. That's it? That's two weeks and all you've watched is Demon Slayer. Yeah, I've been busy, (laughs) honestly. Um, Yeah, outside of my sleeper and what we've watched. um, Yeah. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of episodes of it, if that counts. It's a a show, so. Series, okay. How many seasons? It's, number two is about to come out this next year. How many episodes per season? Mm, I did not check, but I believe it's like 18. Okay. There's a movie that's coming out in December. Live action um, or anime? Anime. Okay. I've, I've been recommended Demon. All right. So, Dexter, what have you been consuming over these last two? Okay. So, I watched She Called Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Okay. Uh, very, 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 very aggressive movie. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's just one of those movies. He's a whole, this lady gets an offender bender. Not even an offender bender. I think they had some words, and she wasn't very forgiving about whatever she did. Or maybe she did cut him off or something like that, but she wasn't very forgiving. And, you know, he acted a damn fool the entire movie in a way that, you know, it's not a traditional stalker movie because he did some wild shit. Like, wild shit. But yeah, watch Unhinged. Uh, also, I watched Dickens, which is a uh, it's a series on Apple TV Plus. It stars Haley Stans. It's about Emily Dickinson, but it's a new twist, something new, I guess, to you know make the kids understand that there's art out there. It's very mm-hmm. interesting take. It's modern, however, it's set in the time period that Emily Dickinson was living. Very interesting show. Very good acting. Not very good acting. I sound like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's funny. The the acting is good. It's not terrible. Like I. It is good. It got picked up for another season. I don't know. Check it out. It's a comedy. It has a comedy feel to it. What you watching, Nick? So, I started Industry on HBO. It is a show about uh, like trading, stock market, brokerage trading firm and you've got this new group of people fresh out of school or yeah fresh out of school that are new and uh it's very boiler room-esque so if you enjoyed boiler room i think you'd probably enjoy this it's a series it's got a it's got a pretty diverse cast episode one you know it gets pretty real pretty quick you see you you see what's going to be weaved throughout the series as far as like the different layers with different characters and you can kind of get a gist of what's to come, but it's it's a good show. It's got a pretty cool cast on it. No real big familiar faces or names on it, but um, that's definitely worth checking out. Industry HBO. Also watch yeah, <laughs> Also on HBO, I've also watched The Undoing, which we started and finished in this two weeks. Um, that is that one stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant has aged really well for a. <laughs> Old guy. <laughs> like, which one is Hugh Grant? What else was he in? The, you would know. Did you watch The Gentleman? Yeah. He was in The Gentleman. 
who do you play in the gym? <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was like the snake. Yeah, he's the one who went to um, Jack's teller and was like, "Hey, I know." It, like, oh, okay. I think it was a reporter. Was okay. he a reporter? The one that came to him with the script and was like, "I know." Oh what yeah, the did. script. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah, so gotcha. yeah, that's Hugh Grant. <laughs> he had a lot of movies in the early '90s. He was <laughs> like the British it guy in the early or in the '90s, 2000s time. Um, but he's he's aged very well because other people who were doing movies around the time he was doing movies didn't age so well. But anyway, him and Nicole Kidman, um, they're great. And it also has what's his face who plays Nicole Kidman's dad. What's her name? What's his name, Dexter? Oh, oh the meanest man in the world, <laughs> scary ass. What's his name? Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. So it also has oh. Donald Sutherland in it as well. It is PTSD. <laughs> Everyone does a phenomenal job because you've got a phenomenal group of actors in it. Um, HBO. It's very, very Big Little Lies s. But what you what you realize is they're all the framework for this is, is there. These are all these are books, and they're very similar books that are done in a very done very well by HBO when they make it to the screen. So it's almost like I guess they don't have to do a whole lot of work except for find these books. So you know, but it yeah. is very good. It has I will say it has a twist because you you watch it and you think like okay this is not or this is. And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no one gets an answer at the end. That's what you're No, you get an answer at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh you definitely get an answer. Yeah, you definitely get an answer. It, it's but. interesting though. It, it's a dope show. It's one of them shows that you're you're once they like once you're into it, you're into it. Mm-hmm. You probably like I can I can't imagine too many people that didn't binge that. You know what I mean? Because after maybe like the first or second, maybe after like the second episode, you're in. You're probably in there. However, after that second episode, you're not going anywhere. And those last two episodes, you are in for real. I love I love movies that are like that. You know what I mean? They're, it has a certain suspense to it. And that last episode. Whoa, like, How many episodes are there? Eight. In one season? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a one one season thing for sure. Yeah, it's like a one and that's a one and done. It's like you know a mini series or whatever they call stuff like yeah. that. Utopia episode seven <laughs> talking hurts. Episode six we didn't talk about the fact that Dale killed himself at the end of that episode. Um, he committed suicide because he couldn't take what was going on with the twins. And oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, the whole yeah. Situation was kind of like, mm, do we care? No, we didn't. That's the reason why we didn't talk about it. <laughs> but I thought it was probably worth mentioning at the top of this episode. Uh, let's see. So episode- <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. That's how it was. <laughs> Basically. Um, also on that episode that we did not really talk about was the fact that Alice and Jessica had gotten into a fight. And I thought it was at least worth mentioning it when they did get into that fight, when she was trying to get those pages of Utopia from Alice, that she had grabbed her hair. Um, she had grabbed her hair when they were fighting or whatever. And she had handcuffed her and got the book and took her upstairs and what have you. Then when Grant went to check on Alice and she was just like, he's like, are you okay? And then she said, find me some scissors. So then she ends up cutting off her hair because she was like, that bitch will never grab me like that again. I was like, yo, yeah, Alice, Alice is with it. <laughs> yeah, I really like uh, Alice. I was like, oh, that little girl ain't playing. <laughs> I really hope that season two, I, her and Grant are going to be interesting to watch. I hope they keep it like a best friend situation. Like, yeah. That's- some wild kids out here just running loose. Um, Dr. Mike wakes up to find that his wife is actually his handler. So she also is from home. She works with Dr. Christie. And since he is trying to investigate everything that's going on and won't chill the fuck out, 
and it turns out it was her idea to have this backup plan to keep him under control where they would basically put it out there and make it like he was like a child predator shit like on his computer if he didn't just chill out and continue to push his cure out there into the world um charlotte keeps talking and she won't shut the fuck up so dr christie sends rv to go get her and reel her in and we see another, we get another face off with Dr. Christie and Arby and Dr. Christie is even starting to see like, this is like getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He's not as controlled as maybe he thinks he is not as controlled as he used to be. Like he can sense, see that Arby's like becoming, not to say unhinged, but just. He's starting to think for himself at this point. Basically. Yeah. Cause they have a whole discussion about, again, another discussion about how you're kind of just, this is your purpose and you need to be serving your purpose. Anyway, so he goes to get her and she talks to him about how the problem was that she had a purpose and her purpose was to be the martyr. But then her sister became the martyr. So now it's like, what is her purpose? And if that was supposed to be her purpose and then she didn't fulfill that. So that means you have almost a choice in your purpose or your purpose can change. So that's why her ass been running around here crazy because she's trying to find out what she wants to do with this life that she now has. Because she never, her having a life was never a thing. Which is fucking crazy to think about. Like, Yeah, like they were just living until that moment. That yeah, it's like you're going to die. Don't get too, like, don't enjoy the sunshine. Because you're not going to make it. Your purpose is to just die. The crew who were watching TV and they did that whole Dr. Mike is Mr. Rabbit thing. End up in Mike's house. <laughs> it's funny when they get there. Because they roll up looking like a bunch of gang of weirdos. Whatever. They go in the house. <laughs> And they start asking questions of, like, about Utopia or what do they know and Mr. Rabbit and this, that, and the other. And it becomes clear real quick that, or actually Mike Tripp says his wife is the one who is, you know, not really who she is. And yeah. Then, the crazy thing is it took him so long to say that. Yeah, the like, moment, out of, out of the moment, back, like, I don't know who she is. <laughs> yeah. She's not who she seems to be. The moment they walked in, I'd be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. She just told me. Like... <laughs> Basically, her and Jessica get into a fight. One thing is also very clear through all of this. Everybody from home is well-trained in hand-to-hand combat. There's not been a single person that didn't come out of there. Plans. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty clear. She actually is getting the upper hand on Jessica. And then Alice steps in and shoots her in the chest and kills her. Takes her out. Mm-hmm. No hesitation. Yeah, she's At like, all. somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to help her. And she did the damn thing. Arby had told Lily that, look. I understand that you think you want to be free, but you you need to go home. I got to take you home or whatever. It seemed when they were having this conversation that his intent was not for her just to go back. Like, he was like, I'm going to take you back, but you are a bird. Like, you still can fly. Like It, it just seemed like it wasn't like a, you're going to go back and shut up or, you're, you know, whatever. He very much has embraced this idea of you can choose your own purpose. It becomes clear once they're talking and sent down. But he's like, I still got to take you home. So... I thought it was between, in that conversation, they were trying to decide whether or not he was going to kill her or take her home. They did. And I mean, he said, I'm going to take you home um, when they were having that conversation. <laughs> I found it interesting that, so at the end of this episode, because we're just going to, we're going to get through this because there's not a whole, like, there's not a ton in this episode. That, the main potatoes comes in the fucking season finale. Yeah. This is like the that. setup for all of that. Yeah. And so at the end of this episode, Arby takes Lily back to home. Lily and Dr. Christie have a conversation and again, one about her purpose, and she apologizes to that and other. And then it goes away. So then 
The crew, who has Dr. Mike and is interrogating him, soon realizes he is not Mr. Rabbit, but Dr. Christie's Mr. Rabbit, because he legitimately has the reason to get this cure out there. He's the one who stands to gain the most off of this cure being out there. The torture devices in this show are my favorite. She took random shit and shoved it in the oven mitt and then stuck his hand in there <laughs> and proceeded to squeeze it. Mm, and she broke it. <laughs> let's 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 not forget to mention that it was glass stuff that yeah, she, she stuck put in like the oven a, mitt. a small glass in there, like a small drinking glass. She stuck a Christmas ornament in there. She stuck like something, like multiple sharp small things in there. Then she broke them up and stuck his hand in there, <laughs> and then like started like that. I'm just, it was, the that was thought amazing. and the imagination yeah. <laughs> that went into that one mm-hmm. moment. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw who? <Yo. laughs> Facts. Poor guy. His hands all fucked up. Yeah, but it sucks. <laughs> and then the show ends because they're like, all right, well, we gotta go get Dr. Christie. And they're getting ready to leave, and there's a knock at the door. And they open up the door. Lo and behold, Dr. Christie's been delivered to them. Fully duct taped up, courtesy of Arby. So Arby delivered him to the doorstep. And I found it very interesting that very quickly his son Thomas was made aware that his dad was kidnapped because he immediately called in a bunch of twins. So we get once again, the purpose of having twins at home, these twin hitmen. So we sent out. Yeah. They said twins usually have a special fist. Yes. So there was what three sets of twins and then a random, a solo mm-hmm. that he sent. He sends these people after Arby or to get his dad. So you're going to assume that he has a tracking device on his dad. His dad's got, you know, a tracker on. So he's trying to stall because they're asking him about like, what's the purpose of this? And, why are you trying to kill all these people? And he's like, I don't want to kill anybody. Death is not the thing. Like, y'all are misunderstanding the purposes. No one's going to die. What we come to find out at the end of the day about this cure is it is, in fact, a, a chemical to sterilize people. The purpose is to sterilize people for, what, five generations? Or Three. Ten? Three generations. Okay. No, wait. Or at least, like, ten years. Something like that, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, the point was to sterilize people because of, for population control. So there's never a purpose of killing anybody. I thought it was interesting that while he's explaining this, Wilson's ass is looking like, hold on, this kind of seems like like it makes sense. It's kind of a good idea. And I was just like, man, Wilson's going to flip. And I'm like, yo, your family's dead. <laughs> well, he did keep giving that pushback. He kept, because then it was Wilson's idea, the way we're going to be able to do this. We got to destroy the, the cure, but then we also need to get the public to understand that this was not really a cure so they don't make it again. So he said we should record, you know, a confession. When he was trying to get him to record the confession, he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Which, that was the other thing. I'm like, that was never going to happen. Because you can't force a person to say something on video without doing them physical harm. And once you do physical harm, the video is going to be null and void. Like, you mm-hmm. can't record a person. Coercion. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, he said what he said because he was under duress. Because he got shit beat out of him. This was a no-win situation whatsoever. Watching it, I was thinking that. So I was just like, okay, well, we know that's not going to happen. I wasn't feeling that part. I'm like, yo, how? Like, I'm going to kill this whole family. Everybody. Yeah. And, but Wilson kept saying, he did say that. Because when he was trying to tell him, like, you know, you're rational. You should understand. He was like, but you killed my father. He he did keep pushing back. My against father. It. He killed everybody in your house. <laughs> True. He killed your whole immediate household. Like, could you imagine, like, everybody in your house? I'm just saying, anybody in the whole household. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like an entire house. Gone. Now I just now I just live here. Yeah. And then not to mention that he killed his family. He put uh I mean Grant's now wanted for 
damn homicide, he put Ian's family in the hospital and was a face and got no family. So yeah. <laughs> Yo, what about the, what about the, what about the most obvious of all? And he killed that whole convention of people. Y'all keep saying the stuff that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But there's one part that's very, very, very final. He's evil. He looks in the mirror every day. Doesn't have an eye. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he doesn't have an eye. Wilson doesn't have an eye. <laughs> <laughs> eye. Wait, that's Chrissy doesn't have an eye. <laughs> I was like, how did I miss that? Maybe um, Wilson forgot too. Yeah, Wilson in his pink. <laughs> eye patch that he's got there he's missing a whole fucking eye and he's like however however we'll side when we get to a certain part he did mouth something to uh like yeah. name. at this point they leave wilson and dr christie and then the rest of them go to minus just go to destroy go to the warehouse where they got this cure and they're, their plan is to destroy it they get inside this warehouse mm-hmm. and it's all these boxes and it becomes evident real quick that it's not gonna be easy to destroy all of these boxes. So you've got Grant, Ian, and Becky, and Alice. They end up getting forklifts and, like, doing damage and getting the shelves knocked over. So they eventually get it done, but it starts off, it's kind of funny because you've got Ian going ham on a box with a crowbar. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, oh, he's just such a cringy little white boy. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Watching him do things. Yeah. He's definitely comic for sure. Cringy comic relief. But so they end up, they do end up getting the job done. Now, while they were doing this, Dr. Mike went to get the eggs that were used to create the cure because they said we have to destroy those so they cannot make any more. So he goes off to destroy those eggs. They're in a temperature controlled room. He turns up the heat to destroy them. And we're like, okay, cool beans. Let's see where are we at there. As those killer twins make it to the house where Wilson and or, or I think they'd already made it before that, but whatever. Um, essentially, Arby wipes out everybody outside before anyone is even aware that they were there. All in silence. Yes, yes. He <laughs> is very proficient at his job. They destroyed the virus. Wilson and Dr. Christie are at the house alone. Jessica had Arby take her to home because she said she wanted to go home. Now, also something that happened last episode, when they went to destroy the rabbits, Jessica was bitten. So Jessica is infected with the virus at this point. That's one of those things. It's like, why did you do that? Why did you even think to touch that rabbit? (sighs) Well, we gonna see. So Arby takes her to home. We see all the little kids outside. We we see her little yellow house, which is legitimately a small yellow house. (laughs) Twisted Neverland type. Yeah, that she was living in. You know, she goes inside and she sees all these things. So Detective Milner appears. She tells Jessica, you know, I am home. So she was also in this. So when we thought that Jessica, her and Jessica's dad were like anti-Dr. Christie trying to stop this, turns out she is further part of the plot. Ends up knocking out Jessica. Now she's like trapped in this thing. And then we find out that on Jessica's back, there's all of these like weird marks and scars under her skin. Are we thinking that under her skin is like different like viruses and shit or different things? Or, Where like, he tested it out like a messed up version of an allergy test? Yeah, maybe, I guess. Like, I don't. Because the thing is, regardless of what that is, she's now infected. So whatever you think you're going to get from her is now tainted. But she don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure she knows she's infected. She, but she doesn't know. Yeah. Milner doesn't know that Jessica's infected. That's what I'm saying. 
she looks very sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been a long, tough road. She could just be one. <laughs> and she you look just, rough. Like, boxing with it too. So she looked real rashy. <laughs> <laughs> basically, the this season ends with Jessica is now basically a captive back where she started at <laughs> as a kid. She's back in this little yellow house. Milner, as she's leaving, goes into the basement of the house. And she's like, hey, we got your daughter. So we learned that Jessica's dad is still alive. And he's also being held underneath this house. And writing more pages of Utopia. Yes. It appears that Arby and Lily are going to be Team Milner. Because Milner also made the comment that Christy, like, she's not even, they're not even on the same team. They're not, they ain't got the same plan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Dr. Christy is going to be out of the picture, too. I feel like there is something else going on. Um, so... It seems like Milner, Arby, and Lily are going to be a team, are a team, because they were standing outside when all this was going on. So, um, and they clearly Arby knew that she was in there when he sent Jessica in there as well. Yeah. Wilson appears to have joined Team Christie because after the crew destroyed the vials or whatever and they're trying to escape, they get one, first they get intercepted by the cops. And who got picked up by the cops? Um, Grant. Was it Grant who got arrested? Yeah, they because they were after Grant. They recognized Grant. Yeah. So Grant and Becky got, well, they were, they were about to get picked up or whatever. Um, But they did get Grant. Becky got away. And then Ian and Alice were in the bushes. So Ian and Alice are like tr- trying to figure out how they can save Grant. Grant's been arrested. Becky gets separated from them. And as she's running down the road, this black truck pulls up. And Wilson sticks his head out the car and is like, hey, let's go. Come on, get in. She gets in, and you got the Christies in the front seat. So it appears like Wilson has flipped. However, he does tell Becky, calm down. Trust me. So maybe he's not. He lost his eye. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't see. There's (laughs) a hole in your head. (laughs) Like, he has to, like, you know, like. And there was salt in it. What? You you can't sit in front of me. You can't sit inside of him either. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like I like you sitting right in me means that I can just choke you out right now. Cause you killed my mama, my daddy, my aunt, my like and then you poke my eye out after torturing me. My other eye ain't okay. Nah, it's really not. The whole thing just didn't get popped out. So, so Utopia season one. What did you guys think? Armani, what'd you think? I liked it. I'm definitely looking forward to season two. Um I hope it's not this came out this last year, right? Do we have a time on that? No. No? Okay. We don't know. We don't have a time on when season two is going to be back. Yeah. Of course, but it's COVID and whatnot. Definitely hoping for a season two. I will say BBC does their thing with shows. This was originally a BBC show. Yes. Which we've started. Dexter, what did you think of Utopia season one? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I liked it. However, I don't think they're going to... I don't think Amazon... I think they canceled it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean somebody else will pick it up however yeah. i feel like amazon is the landing place amazon and netflix are. Uh. if you don't get picked up for a second season on amazon i don't think you get picked up by anybody else really <sighs> amazon See, is i think they, i think they're the they're the lottery they're the you know I, if anything like you don't i get what you're saying but we're it's not it's not a lot of second season things for you to say that amazon does that like there's things at the beginning that they tried you know what i mean things that are old like bosh and um what's his name jack ryan jake ryan what's it what's it called what's the thing called with the guy from the office 
Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But like those things, I mean, but there's no, what else they really got except for the boys? Uh, Last Castle. And <laughs> but the boys and I mean nah, but they um they have, uh, marvelous, marvelous Maisel and all of that. But like I think that if you know if anybody anywhere you want to go, you want to go to Netflix because Netflix is going to basically showcase you to nobodies that weren't really going to watch you and like that wouldn't normally watch you. I think um I think that there's way more browser flicks than there are anywhere else. I think you know we really utilize Amazon a lot. I think we really utilize a- Apple Plus, but normal people don't even watch stuff. Yeah. I don't know another person to with us. I actually know, well, I've discovered um, that have watched the show. Not a lot, not many, but um, yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> they probably yeah. mostly started to watch at least an episode or two, maybe to see what the hell we're talking about. Right. Um, so, I mean, but it, it was good. It definitely made me not want to get the coronavirus vaccine. Um, because I'm not trusting any shot that is made <laughs> under duress of a virus. Like, this show's timing, though, is yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's why it's canceled. No, but it's worth noting that the new season, I mean, the, uh, the season, that, sorry. It's worth noting that the show that this was, uh, the British version of this show, it's actually on on Amazon as well. I started the first two episodes. It's interesting to see the differences between the two shows. Very interesting. I agree. Um, all right. So that is it for You didn't our... say how you felt about it. Oh, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just said it makes me not want to get the coronavirus vaccine. Oh. No, but no, it, it's, it was a good show. I liked it. It did. I, I would like a season two. Because I would definitely like to know what's going to happen with Jessica and Milner. That piece of it. Um, I definitely don't see how this show could go beyond a season two. This is one yeah. of those shows where it's like, okay, season one was good. It was enjoyable. And you kind of like, eh, where is this going to go at the end of this? But I could see a season two. But I could almost not see a season three, if that makes sense. Yeah. It can only go so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you're just doing the most for no reason after that. Like, it just become Shows that do that become real, like, stretchy. Yeah. Pushing it. So, I guess we, we shall see. All right. This second half of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest who has been on the show before. Tom from Galaxy Media Podcast is with us. How's it going, Tom? I'm good. What's up, everybody? What's up, my brother? Going What's up. going on, Dex? What's going on, Nicole? And Armani. <laughs> and Armani's here. And Peggy. <laughs> Fargo, episode 10. Happy. Bodies have dropped. People are dying. The war has started. Um, this episode opens up with another good, like, clip montage with the cannons and the fadas. Love mm-hmm. little box openings. Pointed that out several times. We see very early on, Rita has Ethel Rita in her sights. She approaches her. No, she didn't approach her yet. All right. This is she, she just looked, saw her. She, she gave her she that evil eye. And she checked yeah. her out. She looked mm-hmm. at her. She said, oh, I'm going in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Um, the cops raid the pool hall um, that the, fa- the Fadas are celebrating at. Otis is, you know, being cheered for what happened now. Just kind of a recap. Last week, we lost, or two weeks ago, we lost Sonny. And we lost the state marshal. Yes. That came. I forgot his mm-hmm. name. So, Deffy. Deffy, yes. I can want to call him something else. It ain't Deffy. <laughs> but, so Deffy also had died last episode. This week we meet 
Lloyd's wife's family because at this point Lloyd's needs to call in some additional help. And they're from Texas, I believe, is where they were from. They're from somewhere else in the South. Additional black mobsters. Yeah, they've been talking about Happy. Yes, um, Happy. Like Happy's, Happy's cousins or something like that? They've been uh, talking about Happy beginning since the, since the, the lights who literally had no purpose. Anyway, um, <laughs> but they've been talking about, oh, he's Happy. It was like, yeah. they made it, they made it, they made this person so notorious and made him so untouchable. Like, yo, you can't do nothing to Happy's cousin. Like, that's Happy. What the hell is Happy? But, yes. you know, we know Happy runs anarchy. Happy's usually are, like, bad. so yes we finally meet happy and it becomes quite evident that Loy is concerned that they're going to try to step up and make it difficult for him as well not just there to help him but they're going to want more than he's willing to give and in a previous episode Loy had beat up happy's cousin happy's cousin (laughs) (laughs) so he wasn't too keen about he already was kind of pissy about that and he's like no you gotta make amends you just can't be doing shit like that what you did or whatever and then Lloyd's wife, like, she really kind of stepped up and was like, look, you need to help us because after they get done fucking with us, they're just going to kill you. So, like, let's stop with all this bullshit, chit-chat, whatever, you going to help us or not. And he's like, yeah, sure, I guess so. Give me two weeks to get things in order. And two like, weeks is a long time to ask for, I think. During a mob war, it damn sure is. And that's pretty much what Lloyd said. Lloyd was like, that's a really long time. <laughs> but a lot can happen in two weeks. Um, we see Lloyd's son is still hanging around at the funeral home. Um, him and Ethel Rita still making eyes at each other, still waiting to see if this goes anywhere. This is when uh, Rita finally approaches Ethel Rita on the porch, and she's like, you know, first she's like, can we just, you know, can you come with me to my apartment? We chit chat cross street, and she's like, hell no, I ain't going nowhere with you. <laughs> she's like, okay, we'll do this here then. <laughs> <laughs> so in front of Lloyd's son, they have this conversation, and she's like, you know, I know that you wrote this note, and I know you were in my apartment going through things, you had no business touching, and she was like, I should call the cop. She's like, how about you go ahead and do that? And then I'll tell them the room that you got, or the closet you got with all this, you know, killer stuff and all the stuff that you did or what have you, yada, yada, yada. And so there's no punches pulled here at this in this conversation. And Orita is just like, people like you get dealt with, is what she basically told for dealing with people like you. If you think you're going to come at me, basically a white lady, little black girl. You're going to be dealt with. And I'm going to come for you in your sleep. Which was kind of a crazy ass thing to say to her. But she said. So. Real believable though. You don't ever know what the hell nurse makes like. No, I'm saying like, no, really authentic. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> She's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. Like anything was possible at this point. I thought. Especially the little demon died behind it. I thought, I thought she was going to, you know, put a hex on her or something. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was kind of crazy. So we also meet Josto's father-in-law. Oh, no, we haven't met him before. But he pops up again, and he says he's going to pull the wedding. This scene was fucking hilarious. Because he starts calling Josto all kinds of, um, what do you call him, eggplant Einstein? <laughs> <laughs> and then Gatano's like, what did he say? So we, we know Gatano's derogatory Italian slang words are not very good. <laughs> You can clearly tell by the tension between Josto and his supposed to be father-in-law. The conversation ain't going well. And Gatano steps in for his little brother and he punches the dude in his face. So these two have another bonding moment. We see more of the, the father brothers bonding and getting along. So the arrangement that they made makes a little more sense. Like it's it's falling into place. It's working out for them. What arrangement exactly? That Josto would be the, the head and oh, okay. the brain or whatever. And Gatano was the muscle. So 
Lloyd gets some, you know, this shit's just not going for Lloyd. He gets told that the cops that were supposed to be in his pocket, they're not going to be able to use them. So that's kind of falling down. Um, Josto's running around looking for Otis at this point, who has managed to not go home. <laughs> like, he's managed to stay away from his house and not be there while he's looked for. Because Josto's like, hey, me and you got to have a conversation. Like, we need to chit chat. So uh, at the end of the episode, he finally does go home. Okay. We're going to save this for the end of this episode because this shit's crazy. Nurse Mayflower keeps up what she says. She fucking appears in Ethelita's house at night in her mm-hmm. sleep and is standing over her with a syringe. When this scene happened, my only thought was, I thought you were a light sleeper. When her mom was <laughs> like, you need to stay here. Yeah, yeah. She made it upstairs to Ethelita's room without disturbing anybody. First of all, how she's getting the house. And she walked past Lloyd's son on the couch to get up the stairs. Okay, yeah. Ethelita's mom had told her the story about... So we discovered where that ghost that we kept seeing, that we kept mentioning, mm-hmm. what he is. That was the ship captain. the ship captain. But it seems like what he's been doing has been... Now, in hindsight, after watching this episode, Nurse Millflower standing over, he appears behind her and scares the shit out of her, and that's how she, like, goes crazy and bolts. So he's protecting them. He's not trying... Because now when you go back and look at it, the episode with... Sonny and Zelmer, he was helped. Like it almost like he helped like bring Sonny back to life. Like she was dying, and so whenever he appears, like they seem to be okay. So they're being haunted by someone who is kind of on their side, I guess. As much as a slave master can be. <laughs> Word. So uh, Rita Hall's says, "Yeah, back to her house, and the cops are waiting for her. So she gets arrested for the attempted murder of her boss." Which she tries to talk her way out of, but, you know, she can't, so she gets arrested. We then see... I need my purse! <laughs> <laughs> I need my purse! I was really, like, yo, I really at that moment why they don't get nothing. Like, why why they, why they never let you go in the back to anything? <laughs> because of people like her. Because what's in her purse? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's in that craziest purse? They don't let you get nothing. They just come with sleep. But she was adamant about getting her purse. And I was, I, I just, that's why it made me pop out like that. She's a funny, <laughs> she's a very, very in character. I would love to see how they cast him. I'm right. sorry. Keep going. No, no, that's perfect. I, uh, I really love her. I don't understand. Like, her like, little walk is my favorite thing about yeah, it. Yeah, like, did she do the walk. duck walk in the audition? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was definitely improvised. That was probably not in the script. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like something that someone would just improvise and throw on a little extra crazy. Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> um, back at Otis's house, Josto and Gatano have been waiting for him and some of their other guys. So he tries to slip out the back and he's sitting in his car. Josto and Gatano pull up on him and Gatano gets out, goes over to him and he's having another breakdown moment where he can't get the fuck out the car. Um, and dropped his gun. Dro- yeah, it's bad news bears. Clearly we see that, okay, this is the end for... Uh, what the hell is his name? Otis. Otis. Yeah, I just said it like 10 times. Um, oh, this is the end of the line for Otis at this point. Gatano shoots him, and he's dead. As Gatano turns to walk away to go back to the car, he fucking trips and falls and shoots himself in the face. <laughs> I physically and audibly gasped and, like, clutched my face because I was not expecting that that was the way he was going to go out. <laughs> at all. I made Dex rewind it. I, swear, I thought that was the funniest thing I saw. That I immediately thought about you three. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought three. I mean, you guys unanimously being pissed off. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, well, that's that I accept. 
that most people don't accept. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, I, it was like the tornado thing. <sighs> like, I know y'all was mad. I was like, you're mad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he fell, I was like, yeah, that's the best way. Like, that's the best way for him to go. Like, because he lived through so much other stuff. Like, he was really comedy this whole time. He wasn't dangerous. Comedic effort the whole time. Like, we were talking about he's scary. And then you started to realize, like, oh, he's... Oh, that is the second time he fell. That's the second time he slipped. And that was funny to me, when he slipped on the ice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he did slip on the ice. And the kids started busting out laughing him and the other guy. Mm -hmm. You had one job in in, in Italy, you know, we... We, you know, you, you make coffee, you're Michelangelo. You killing the guy and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm lost. I'm at a loss for words just because I just, you know, it, that is that is the thing about Fargo that you we've I think we've come to love though that those that kind of randomness. It's like, yeah. okay, well, I mean, I guess we only got one episode left, and people gotta die, so <laughs> can't have them all die in the final episode. But the fact that Josto just like left. Which I obviously they don't even show that. So we're gonna so okay. So the final episode of Fargo, episode eleven, Storia Americana is what this episode is called. Mm-hmm. Hold, up, epi- hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, real quick. <laughs> you don't understand why he left him? No. They just shot out a cop. <laughs> yeah, I mean I get that part. That was I understand the cop is seven feet away. Like <laughs> well, <laughs> he's you know, walking I, you away know, from the cop. Like, he had to go. Like, he might have wanted to be there with his brother, but he had to go because we pulled up in, to shoot a cop together. Okay, and you're right. And there's no... I'm, I'm thinking of this in very, like, why didn't he call somebody to come help them? But there's not really, like, his really readily access to a phone. Okay, that is a bullet point. I would yeah, if I'm a gangster, guys, you just strike my body. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, if... Like, you don't have to be all, like, coddling my body. If I'm in the game and... I die, just leave me there. They'll figure, you know, we'll figure it out. Like, don't get yourself hammed up trying to get. <laughs> you mean like you call it? <laughs> like, um, I'm crazy. You know, I had something to say. I had said, I had said, brought this up with Dex. I thought maybe I was reaching a little bit. I, the two rival gangs are called Cannon and Fada. And I thought that was really ironic that, you know, Cannon like, thinking of the word Cannon Fada. Yeah. Is, is that, was, was that, you know, good writing? Was that done on purpose? Like, I, I found it to be really interesting. I don't know if I'm the only person who kind of realized that, but I always, you know, just the fact, like, with, like you were about to go into uh, the finale and that opening sequence with them just going like the remember them thing for like, you know, how it starts. I was like, that, that, and I didn't realize that died during the course of the season. That was crazy. I yeah. now almost wish that that had been the season finale name should have just been Cannon Fodder. Yeah, I think, right? That would have been so perfect. That, you're right. That would have been amazing especially since they opened it with a montage of all the bodies that have dropped like that that would have been perfect actually um so that's how the episode starts and to be honest when they showed um rabbi i was like damn so he's not just gonna fall out the sky yeah he's not alive alive. fuck He's gonna fall out the sky now. I mean, he got snapped up by a tornado. Maybe he like I mean, dropped. It's hard <laughs> Yes, yeah, see, it's not crazy. Right. So, it wasn't right. a lethal wound. So we don't. I mean, okay. I mean, I like I said, in the, but like I said in the last episode, um, that was part of a true story, you know. And they just found the bodies everywhere. You're right. You did mention and that. They assume, and they assumed that the tornado <laughs> did it, or they don't know what happened. They yeah. just know that it was a whole. There was a couple of people shot. And they were all in different places. Crazy. For real. Okay. So we see the montage of everyone who died at the beginning. And then 
we get Josto in his home. He's there trying to figure out how he's going to deal with the situation of his brother being dead. Um, Ethel Rita goes to Loy and tells Loy that she has something that is going to help him win this war. Mm. She's willing to give it to him. But she wants the deed back. Not only does she want the deed back to her family's house, she wants him to pay for the work that they've done. Because truthfully now, he's gotten back more money than what they owe him. And he's kind of looking at her like, that's not how this works. Like, I don't... Yeah, that's exactly what he says. <laughs> no, it doesn't, doesn't work like that, little girl. So she then gets him to agree that, okay, fine. If you can help me win this war, I will give you all those things that you ask. She then gives him the father's father's ring. In this moment, I was like, still trying to figure out what the fuck telling him that F, um, Orita killed the dad father was going to do to help them win the war. Because even though her and Josto have been sleeping together, it wasn't like they plotted this. And there's no proof that they plotted this. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm just like, this seems real loose. I don't. And there's no saying she would even went with that either. Yeah. At this point. So uh, we do see Orita gets bailed out of jail. And you're wondering who the hell would bail this crazy heifer out. And then it turns out that it was the rest of the fathers. Or actually, we should mention that Lloyd gave back zero to the fathers at the beginning of this episode as well. He returned mm-hmm. him. So there's really no conversation. The little boy got put in the car and got given back. Because everybody still thinks Satchel's dead. And Satchel was on the road last time we saw him. Jostos, all of Jostos' men have turned on him. They say that he killed his brother. They're accusing him of killing his brother. Which kind of goes back to that conversation. If you didn't call anybody or say anything to anybody... Yeah, they just because they found out he was dead in that moment that they were having that conversation. That Josto made no attempt to talk his way out of any of this, really. Like, he didn't try to explain shit nope. when they did this. When they brought out, trotted out Arita, and they were like, You and this hussy plotted to kill your dad, and she's all like, But you told me to take care of him, and that you didn't like see him like this. None of that says kill him, though. <laughs> that just means give him pain meds. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't, he didn't really try to explain that away good enough for me. And he had no reason to lie either. So it was like, why are you lying? And Josta wasn't like he was, he wasn't really anxious to step up and take his father's spot at the beginning of this. So there was really nothing that screamed he had any reason to kill his dad. So that just, this episode just kind of, did it seem quick to anybody else? Uh-huh. As far as like, we're just, this is the final episode, we got to wrap this shit up. So let's just get it over with. Anybody else get that feeling? Armani, you said yes. Yep. I Tom? kind of felt like, yeah, I felt like they stretched out. Like that montage in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, not against it. Yeah, I know how long, I noticed the time of the episode, but there was a couple weeks of just, what the hell? This is stretched out. You know, this is, they're stretching out. It's like scenes of no talking, like with uh, when, I don't know if I should jump ahead, but you know, like when Satchel, when Satchel, when they, when Satchel's in the house and that period of time for Chris Rock realized Satchel's there and he calls, he's like, babe, babe. It's like so slow motion, and mm-hmm. nothing's happening. It's just walking really slow. I, I, I dramatic, but like for everything that was happening in the episode, it was just like real. Not a lot happened, but it, they dragged out some really long. That was the kind of my. That's my one. You know, I didn't like. And it was a thirty-six minute episode out of yeah. how long? Fargo usually like forty-eight minutes. Yeah, and it probably could stood to be a little bit longer since it was a finale. Dexter, what'd you think? Did you feel like stuff was rushed? Or like I'm sorry. Rushed? Yeah. No. So you I were mean, cool Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it was... I, I guess I understand what you guys are saying in the sense of it. there could have been 
a lot. Uh, the way that they set it up, they set everything up pretty carefully. You know what I mean? So I think they probably could have put it into another couple of episodes. However, I don't know. I don't know. Because they didn't have an extravagant war, really. So I'm not sure how much. Like It wasn't even. It was almost just a bunch of back and forth. It wasn't like this. I don't know. I don't know how long they could have. Really, I, I do understand what you mean with saying it didn't. It could have been, I guess, stretched out longer. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel they covered everything, and they covered it in a crafty way. However, you know, if y'all feel like it was rushed, because I could understand what you, I can relate. Because empathize. We'll, we'll we'll kind of come back to it. So we'll 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 wrap up with the rest of what happens. They then displace Katano. So they tell, I mean, not Katano, Josto. They tell him at this point they've got Arita. They you killed your dad. You you know plotted to take over that way. You killed your brother. Y'all gonna die. So. That's what's going to happen with y'all. And this was what Lloyd's plan was. Then we get to see Lloyd in his office and Happy walking up on Lloyd. I know. It was uh, Leroy. Oh, it was Leroy? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was. Because Happy gets handled later. We see, for a moment, I was like, ew, if this is how Lloyd dies, <laughs> I'll be really upset. But last minute, one of his guys also steps in and takes care of that. So he doesn't die there. Um, he does make it back home. And when he gets home, his front door is open. I immediately. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, yeah. Go I ahead. thought um, Lloyd just rocked the window, not turning around. That's probably the most, one of the most gangster things I've ever seen. Like he he knew he had it handled, and didn't even like you know just didn't even give him a, even a glance over. It, you yeah. Know? And so this whole time, you know, he's getting choked out. He's he's not even turning around. That that's some cold shit. He was very much prepared. Like they knew. I think once the whole two weeks bullshit happened, and they had told him that they were seen meeting with with Josh. Right, too. right, so definitely right. He knew that. All right, well, this is not. That's just gonna have to go the way it's gonna go. Um, that was a, a good scene, especially since he didn't die. Because I was like, if he dies like that, that's crazy. <laughs> trash. Um, so he makes it of that. We get them got those guys handled. He goes home, and his front door is open. Him and his wife and his kids. And everybody's coming home. Oh, let me back up. Lori and the consigliere. The consigliere told him, hey, so we got our shit handled and you're going to be good too, okay? However, you're now going to give us 50% of your business. And the reason you're going to give us 50% of your business because you are one guy in one town. We are national. Like the Italian mob is a thing that you are not. So you're going to run us 50% of your business. So you get to keep 50% of your business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was very reminiscent of, was it season two when they took... That family's business as well. Was that season two or season three? The the, the mom and her sons. I'm hoping waiting for y'all to fill in because I only seen most of season one in this season. So. I wasn't sure. I just I remember the big guy, tall guy, not the big guy. He's like a bear. And then I remember the, uh, his brother. I couldn't remember if that was okay. So very reminiscent of the thing. we see another person's business get taken by the mob. Um, they have no choice but to hand it over. So this is you know it's happened before. Um, and he's just like, all right, at this point, ain't shit he can really say. Ain't nothing he can do. Goes home, front door's open. And this is what you were talking about, Tom. This was a whole lot of slow-ass long scene. Yeah, a lot of slow motion. <laughs> takes his time going in the house. Takes his time getting up steps. And at this point, we know, once we see the bowl of cereal on the table with the toys, we saw shoes, we saw pants left, we knew at this point that Satchel had made his way home. Not gonna lie, I started to cry. Like, I got a little teary-eyed here. <laughs> this was a great scene <laughs> at the end when he called his wife and she came in there and she sees her babies alive. was just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get a happy ending for black people on a show. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> we're getting a win. 
And then I was like, maybe Chris Rock was like, I'll do this if I get to live. Like, do I get to live and, like, shit works out? Pause. Um, <laughs> Josto and Orita get taken out into the woods or into the middle of nowhere, and there's a grave already dug for them. And Josto's still trying to talk his way out of all this. <laughs> he did a lot more talking now than he did before. Hello, where was all of this previously when you needed to, like, be talking your way out of some shit? A little too late. So... Crazy Arita is just like, hey, can you shoot him first so I can watch? My favorite scene. My favorite <laughs> scene in the whole movie show was that. Because I didn't expect it. And the way it happened. And the weird looks looks at his body. I audibly laughed out. I'm sorry. I thought that was great. Dexter, how did you feel about the, uh, the end to Arita and Josto? Hmm. I didn't like their... I didn't like them at all. Like, I thought <laughs> that it, their whole... Everything about their... The two characters and their... Like, you're just a waste of screen time. Mm. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Hang on to that thought. We're going to come back to that. Armani, what do you think about this, the ending of Josto and... Like, that, that's that scene that gave me that feeling of, oh, we wrapping things up. Y'all had some other things to do. I see. Because we just knock, 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 knock everybody off. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we told you previously, like, Fargo wraps shit up mm-hmm. by the end of this episode. I mean, end of the season, it's all wrapped up. Um, so we return back to Loy... He's got his family, everyone, you know, is together. He, I guess, went to the store or whatever. We're just going to say he went to the store. Comes back home. He's standing on this porch looking through his window. And I'm like, oh, this shit ain't over. <laughs> we still got more scenes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing there. And again, more more just quiet, slowness. He's admiring his family. And I'm watching him like, oh, fuck. Somebody's going to And he just, like, fired through the window and killed the entire family. It's all going to end. Like, everyone's going to die. Yeah, you knew it was coming. You just yeah, didn't know who some, was going to do it. Yeah, I was like, some fuck's going to happen. And sure enough, Zelmer pops up and stabs him repeatedly in the gut. <laughs> First in the back, then in the gut. I totally, truthfully had forgot about her. Since the moment she dipped off. Me I too. I did too. Didn't even think this was a thing. Like, did anyone else, like, did anyone think that she was going to pop back up? Or did y'all also, like, yeah, I, thought she I, I forgot about her. I she thought she was so bad at that the train station. I was like, oh, okay. She saw that little ghost thing. I was like, oh, she's done. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, why? For what? But she she had a final reason, I guess. Dexter, what did you think about seeing Lloyd stabbed? That was cool. <laughs> In a sense of, it was a dope, uh, it was a dope scene and the way that they did it and how they didn't show her. Because, you know, they could have showed a journey of her going back. You could have tried to figure out who she because she could have been mad at a couple, I guess, right? Because, I mean... She could have came back after Dickie or Dickie, um... Otis. She could have been looking for Otis. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? She had people she could have went to go get. However, it was interesting that she went after him. I, I guess she went after him because he told where she was at. Yeah, she, he would have been the only person who would have known that they were at the train station at that time to tip off the cops. And then he promised no harm was going to come to him. Yeah. Yep. Was the thing, yep. So... Uh, we do not have a happy ending for this family. <laughs> and then... But hold on. But I would say, yeah. I've watched a lot of... We've all seen drug dealer, crime, boss, and stuff like that. At the end of the day, he knew his family was... He had his family together, so at least he got to see that. I don't... You don't really get that. Sometimes people die alone, you know what I mean? Yep. And at least his last thing was to see that. That's why I was okay with, you know, that being how it ended for, for his character, because at least his last thing was to see his family happy together, you know, and, and the last person he'd seen, you know, was, was Satchel. So I'm okay with that. It, it could have been worse. You know? <laughs> That's could've, very true. He could have been, you know, he could have been sitting there and watched his whole family get killed. And he could have been left a lot. 
or he could have been the last one to get killed after watching you know talk to him <laughs> perspective yeah that's a very good silver linings way to look at it i like it <laughs> um satchel walks outside and he's sitting there and he's holding his dad and he's looking at Zelmer, who gives him the kind of um yeah, yeah. and I, I thought i thought we were gonna get the uh what was her name from kill bill um I thought we were going to get the bride speech. Like, if you're still angry, mm. if you're still feeling kind of sore about right. this few years when you get older, <laughs> come find me. <laughs> I thought we might get that at this point. So that's how it ended. Dexter, let's go back to where you were talking about. Hold how. on. No, Hold okay. On. Go ahead. What, what about the? No, no, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's talk about how we thought overall about the things that had happened. And actually, you were mentioning, you were talking about, what did I say we were going to come back to? Uh, um, what's his name? Josto and... Yes. So, how you felt that Josto and Orita were completely wasted of characters entire series? No, I don't... I'm not separately. Okay. Together. Um, I think that their bond, the thing that they had together, was pointless. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because... I, and I didn't even really feel... I didn't really like the character arc in the sense of making Josto look like a bitch and a weirdo for like the first five up and then trying to make him like smart after though after that like you know what i mean like why didn't you just make him kind of like you know you could make somebody ignorant but they like they made him ignorant they made him like like he's dealing with a weird what like he's dealing with a, his wife is mad weird his his jump off is mad weird you know what i'm saying like yeah you know what I mean? Like, and like they just made him this this oddity, and then turned around and was like, "Hey, um, he's actually the 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 better of the two. You know what right. I mean? And then you're like, oh, "Okay, then he's the better of the two. And then he makes all these smart moves that I think personally he made a lot of smart moves after a certain point. So I just didn't understand what was the point of like having a sexual relationship with her and having her like fuck for you know what i mean like what like what did it turn out to, to do for the story that's all do y'all y'all feel me or am i just yeah, yeah i remember i do dex i remember we had talked about it because you would hey, um how do i like that character and i said i kind of feel like they wrote him to be a bitch and i and i didn't feel like it but like you said to, you know to echo what you just said like he did a lot of smart stuff like towards the middle of the season i was like Oh, well maybe he isn't stupid. I kind of Yeah, like so what's the point? Like what's the point of like like I I I they painted him super ignorant at the beginning, you know, because when his dad was alive, he was just talking stupid. You know what I mean? And then they evolved him to being freak boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then they you know then you meet his on. wife and you're like, yeah. Oh, his wife is a herb and then and then <laughs> Like, everything about him just kind of rolled out, like, I don't know, it was weird. And it's like the head of the Italian mafia family is this dweeb. <laughs> like, when he made that whole move to call the on, on the cannons and stuff like that, and they were just sitting across the street, I'm sitting here like, well, that's, I'm impressed. Like, yeah, when he went to the jail, he, smart. Talked that, he said, and he came in there, and that, that was probably one of the better seasons in the whole season. Yeah, talking to the all of them in the so jail. Real. He said, they just see a criminal, man. They just right trying to get ahead. Yeah, he said, Jew, you just a criminal. I agree. That was the one continuity kind of drop, flow drop. So I would agree. Jasto's character arc or build was both of them. Yeah. Um, and clearly, Nurse Mayflower, her whole shit was just for this one thing like just to bring down Joss like this all of that all of the Herbert's Ethelreda stuff which we thought I thought we would get more with that that we didn't so we see that at the end of the day she was just purely here for them to 
uses an excuse to kill Josto at the end. Yeah, yeah. they needed somebody with the with the little act, with the Fargo, Minnesota accent. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, know? that too. She was the Fargo accent because she was the only Fargo accent in this season. Normally, it's in Fargo, so yeah, we need mm-hmm. drawback. You know, so <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> At the after the credits, we get a nice cut scene, and we see Bo Bokeem Woodbine's character from season two, season two of Fargo. Armani, did you see season two? You didn't see season two of Fargo, right? I did not. Season four is the only season I've watched so far. Tom, did you see the season two of Fargo? No, I, that's why I was waiting to bring you guys. I, I, now I want to have part of you. Yes. Okay, Dexter. I know you've seen sex, season two of. Fargo. Oh, yeah. So, Bokeem Woodbine played a character called... His name in season two was Mike Milligan. So, he is an enforcer for the Kansas City mob. He was coming to help get the Gerhardt territory in season two. So, he was... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Gerhardts. There you go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He was there to get that territory for the mob. And he comes off as this guy who kind of rides the fence between... Being a black guy, being accepted by this white mafia, he's kind of he walks around with this freaking little bolo tie on, um, and again he's he's running with the Kansas City mafia. So we see him, we see one of the Kitchen brothers driving him. You remember they were, which were these two twin brothers who were like hitmen in season two yep. as well that worked with him. Yeah, yeah, I've and, seen pictures of that. I've seen pictures of him with the two brothers. Yeah, and then we get that little like he's thinking. And they show Satchel walking. So essentially, Satchel go, grows up to be a fucking enforcer for the Kansas City mob, which makes sense for the storyline that they tried to that they portrayed for him in season two because he was implanted with the Italian mob when he was young. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that he would return, like to the mob he was comfortable. Life. Yeah, he was comfortable. Riding that line between being in the mob. I feel like that's I said, I feel like that's the last place Satchel would want to be though, after everything he went through. And yeah, you that's saw that you guys, yeah, because I haven't seen it. I was before, you know, this finale and that scene at the end with the credits. Would you guys were you guys, you know, would you have any impression that that's who Satchel was? I knew no. the character was Mike Miller, you know, I knew that. So when I heard that and I seen it, I was like Wait a minute, isn't that Rabbi? So he took Rabbi's name? Ah, so that, and to Armani's question, to answer Armani's question, that is why it makes sense that that's what he would do because Rabbi had prepared Satchel for this. The entire time that they were together, he was constantly grooming him and, you know, be prepared if this happens, if this pops off. Like, to a point, Rabbi had groomed Satchel for this. In my yeah, opinion. that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Like, in reality, seeing everything that he has dealt with, in reality, choices, you go with it or you despise that shit. And you know what I mean? And it's really easy to go with it when it's what you know. First of all, he ain't got no daddy. He ain't got no rabbi. You know what I'm saying? Likely grows up. Yo, know, he had to pull a gun on white people from wherever the fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Just having having deal with that type. Like, he's had to deal with so much type of, I mean, so much, like, mental abuse. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know what I mean? Like, you got a little white boy in your bed. And, you know what I mean? And, you, and you're getting treated like shit where you are at, even though you've got this this mentor who is basically grooming you for survival uh-huh. in a mob setting. You know what I'm saying? And then 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 if, if that wasn't bad enough, 
Then somebody tried to kill you and rabbi saved you. And then he has to take you to run yeah. after trying to... Uh, well, no, was that, the, was that the other son that they tried to shoot at in the car? Yeah, yeah, no, this is the older brother they tried that to kill. That was the other son. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's dealing with all of this. And then they go on the run. And then, like, literally everybody dies. You know what I mean? Like, like Rabbi just disappeared. Like, this nigga has dealt with such exponential hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> and pain. Like, he's dealt with every kind of hurt and pain that there was. Like, he, he's lost his father. He's lost his father figure. He's, he's like, he's got abandonment. He fell asleep with a gun. And he's, like, <laughs> 11. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's dealt with racism on that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it is not really that crazy that this man grew up and 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 be clear when y'all see the show you're gonna realize this character he's not no hothead nah he's very he's a very smart it's a very he's yeah, the man, best he's, character of season two yeah like he's not no. Yeah, i've heard he's so like much everything i've heard about season. is Volkin woodbox yeah because season two is not the one i mean season two is good but season two is um no it's not that's not season two though it's season two season it? three yeah because season three is the one with um oh, Ewan McGregor. Well, Ewan McGregor. Okay, and that doesn't. Okay, so you're t- okay. Season two has the cop, the Gearhart, the cop. Got it. The cop, yeah. the Gearharts, and Ted Danson. Ted Danson, yes, and Culkin brother. Got it. Yeah, they're season two. Um, so actually, to answer your question, Tom, that you had kind of posed earlier about, did we know? No, mm-hmm. but we have made mention of because the ties between the seasons and the movies. There's usually been like one character that's kind of been related in the following season or in a season later like there's very loose little things so right. i remember had, yeah i remember in one because i had i've seen the park way back in the day was, my mom showed me a long time ago and i remember when i saw them the guy find the uh supermarket guy he finds the briefcase i'm like oh snap i know where that briefcase is from that was steve mm-hmm. he buried it you know what i'm saying i knew that you know what i'm saying i thought that was so i didn't know if there was like other things that i hadn't seen from season two and three before it's just slight continuity yeah right we've been or at least i've been making comments about wanting to know who from this season maybe might be the center focus of a next season we never really thought about the fact that they might go backwards so no i told you they don't do they know there's they haven't done that (laughs) (laughs) what that's what you want to happen i haven't even done that there's no history of it I I know there's no history. Okay, so my I have another question. What what time does two take place? Like season how two far? Two is in the seventies. Seventies, yeah. Okay. okay. It's basically like this, and this is not a spoiler. First season has Lady Cop. Second season, right. Lady Cop, Lady Cop, her dad, the dad that was at the diner. Mm-hmm. That's what I know what you're talking about. I remember about. that. Yeah. Season two is about him younger. He's played by Patrick Stu, uh, not Stewart Wilson. Wilson, He's played yeah, by Patrick Wilson. You know what I mean? And it's basically what he dealt with. And basically the reason why his ass don't want to be a cop. No, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Really, that's what it essentially is about. And then the third one. The third so Patrick one, Wilson is the dad. Yes. He's, He's the, the dad. dad. Yeah. Got you. Yep. Okay, I'm on board. I got you. I'm following. Okay. And that's why he's so crafty. That's why he's, you know what I mean? He's like, he's like a really sharp. Uh, mind period in that first season you know what i'm saying like she always goes back she talks to her dad because he's a he's a you know he's an ex-cop that dealt with the bullshit you know right. what i'm saying like right, he's watching right. his daughter go through the, his he, he dealt with a lot like a lot of people because i've heard a couple of people say that the second season isn't as like dre Mandre, he, he won't he like he can't get through the first the second season he's like the first one was so good and the second season is just not as good and for him. It's not as engaging. You know what I mean? And I guess it's because Billy Bob Thor was a whole demented, 
You know what I mean? So watching him is different than you kind of watching a crime show just kind of play out because I think the main character in the first season was the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Malvo. And Lauren yeah. Melvo? Was it Lauren Melvo? Yeah. <laughs> saying like he's the bad guy. So he's on the screen 90% of the time. And the other percent of the time is when you're seeing um, Martin, what's his name? Martin Sheen? The no, yeah. Martin Sheen is uh, the other guy. <laughs> yeah. That's serious. That's, that's the from, uh, from, he's the Lycan, right? Yeah. Yes. Just say Bilbo. It's Martin Bilbo. Freeman. Yeah, I was about to say Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, 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 Bilbo. But like, with him like super engaged. You know what I mean? When he's on the screen, because he's always going through some fuck shit. You gotta watch it. We do a whole like a whole a whole like just Fargo on like just Fargo. Yeah, because like it's four great seasons. You know what I mean? Like we because like I like I, like I was so happy we actually watched Fargo. You know what I'm saying? Because you know. The people don't know. She uh, wasn't watching the yeah. first couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out if you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> she was no, I, I agree with you But if you, I, if you I, listen I back, you can tell when we started to get into it. You know what I mean? And then, you know, you could see that this is, like, it's it's not, they don't have a And season two was led by Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, who are not as engaging, like you said, as Billy Bob Thornton. So I could understand oh, why. but I forgot about two. them. Yo, you gotta, y'all gotta, yo, two was mad good. Yeah. was good. Two was really like, good. Like, that, that, I forgot about, I think about Fargo is different in this season than the other three seasons. This is, this, and this is a, this is a fact. The difference between the other three seasons is, the other thing is, um, it's like something happens to somebody and it's just a snowball effect from what happens to that person. You know what I mean? It's not like people are out there engaging um, crime activity the way that, like, this is the mob. They're doing this intention. Like, but in the first three, it's like regular Joe Schmo goes and does some shit that he has no business doing. And then <laughs> everything else snowballs from that. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you may have somebody who's a killer or somebody like that, but like, Everything's so random. Like, um, if like I give you an example, like the way that in this last episode or in this last season or whatever, when he went to go get his money, when he in the tornado episode, when he went to go get his money, like mm-hmm. that feels like Fargo. I'm saying, like when he went there and he went to go get his stuff, and he's just like, and like it was just like this awkward back and forth, and like these people just didn't, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't mean to live this life, but. Then next thing you, you know, somebody comes into your into your establishment and tells you that they that that, that was their money. You know, what I'm saying? and you're like, okay, I, I mean, I, it was my stuff, so I mean, it was my my place, so I figured it'd be my money. Like I wasn't gonna wait for people to come get it. Like, but then next thing you know, you shit you can't get out of. You know what I'm saying? Like, just you know, think if he had the type of wherewithal to be like, yo, I want my money, come back here and kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Like, that's the type of Fargo is really based off of, you know what I mean? Like, the very first thing is this guy did something and he had no business doing it. And now it's, he got to play, he got to, he got to figure out ways to get out of it. And then you're in some new shit that you never thought that you were in. And Fargo's popping. <laughs> it is. You know what? Maybe we will just do a straight up Fargo dedication episode now. So we can kind of weave this all together for people. No, definitely. <laughs> I, I feel like real booking because I've seen like most of the season one and I've now watched the four. And it's like, dang, what happened in the other two? You know, like. And now seeing that, knowing that Satch is a character from season two, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I kind of am more interested to, you know. Season two is wild, yeah. <laughs> I've heard I stories about, about, I forgot all about and you know what's like you were saying? Season two. 
a lot of people, like you were saying, just about Dre and everything. I, what's there's the, a what's lot. What's the guy's of name? That's with Kirsten Dunst. Jesse Plemons. Yo, their their little <laughs> their plot is crazy. Like the the things that that he has to do for his wife is that you know what I mean. It's one of them type of. Have y'all watched the Ozarks? Everybody watched the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels very old. Like that that feels Ozark. You know it what is I mean? Very, like, it's very reminiscent of Ozark. I would agree with you. It's like this dark ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's no light. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's no sunshine at all. It seems like the whole Midwest <laughs> is like no sunshine. Like, is it ever sunny? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, no, it is. I've been to I've been to Missouri. It's pretty hot in the summer. There's sun. Yeah, it is. I've yeah, been, I've been to Missouri in the summertime. In the summertime. It's very hot. Yeah, no, there's sun. <laughs> I've been to North Dakota. Nah, I have no desire. No. <laughs> Far to the goal. Um. So that is. Fargo season four. It was a hell of a ride. Most definitely. It was enjoyable. I give it two thumbs up. It was a good time. So on that note, sleepers, we will allow our guest, Tom, to give us his sleeper first. Tom, what's something that you've watched that you feel like folks should watch? What's your sleeper? Well, I haven't been watching it, but I have been reading, I guess. Ah, Uh, Okay. Uh, the second, the sequel to Ready Player One came out a couple weeks ago. It's Ready Player Two, and I've been reading that. I will say, I'm almost, I think I've got like three more chapters. It's very, it's my, my brother, as I've explained to my, telling my brother about it, he called it nerd. It's very, uh, I mean, I thought, and if you've seen Ready Player, the, Ready Player One, the movie, you know it's, it's completely pop culture filled. And the book is ten times worse than the movie. I thought the book and the movie, he hit everything. Apparently, he didn't. There's <laughs> so much stuff. There's like there's like two like kind of set pieces in this book. It's probably the nerdiest, geekiest thing I've ever seen. And the second part following that is probably if they make this into a movie, I swear it has to. It's it'll be the coolest thing. It'll completely blow away that scene in the movie with the shining that everyone loves. You know when they go to that mm-hmm. to the shining part, it, it it would completely blow it out the. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the hardest things. I I mean I told my mom about. <laughs> my mom's old and she was like this sounds crazy i told my brother about it today and he was like this can't be a book somebody needs to get like therapy if somebody actually wrote this and i'm <laughs> like it's so great i don't i can't it starts off really slow and i've heard a lot of criticism because i think a lot of people uh don't like that it's all it's basically a pop culture reference every other you know sentence but you know if you've read any of his books if you've ever seen uh fanboys he because the, the okay. author wrote the script for fanboys it's it's that it's you know okay. you should know what you're getting into you know what i mean if you're, getting, if you're gonna read this book but i definitely recommend because it it, it's it's a it's a cool ride if the first book was an easter egg hunt this second book is a fetch oh, okay. pretty cool yeah I, that's how i would describe it. it's a complete fetch quest it's keeping with the whole video game uh vibe you know i don't know if any if you've ever seen a sword art online anime yeah it's kind of in that vein. so to not kind of spoil it but to give you an idea of what's happening with that with the characters, you know, from Ready Player One and the sequel. But I definitely recommend it. it's pretty cool, you know, if you get a chance to read it. Okay. And obviously you can buy the physical book or it is available on Audible. So yeah, Audible or iTunes or anywhere you can basically get a book or, you know, Amazon. So yeah, if you're an Amazon Prime member, then you have access to Audible. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how I use it. I have like six credits right now because I ain't bought I've I've been waiting for <laughs> the last damn Game of Thrones book. Um yes. <laughs> Don't need six credits for it, but I just haven't bought anything. There's two books I'm actually anticipating. They're supposed to come out by the end. Well, we, Game of Thrones ain't coming out by the end of this year, but the, <laughs> there's another series. But anyway, Armani, your sleeper, what is it? Uh, my sleeper is a rather new movie, I guess. It's Happiest Season. 
It's the one on Hulu with Kristen Stewart. And I I was looking up her co-star's name, but she looks like Dakota Johnson. Um, <laughs> it's not Dakota Johnson, but... Um, and also has Aubrey Plaza in it. And the premise of the movie is that mm, they're about to get married. And Kristen Stewart wants to ask the girl's parents for permission to marry her. And then halfway through this trip to see her family on Christmas, she's like, my parents don't know I'm gay. So oh my I God. need you to pretend to be my straight roommate. And we're just going to see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> were you triggered watching this? No. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> You've been in this situation. No, I would <laughs> never. Ne- <laughs> to me. Nah, nah, never. Um, <laughs> but it's a cute little Christmas movie. It's Christmas It's theme. a Christmas movie? It is, yeah, she's going, they're going to see her family for Christmas. It's a little rom-com, but it's on Hulu. Uh, Mackenzie Davis Mm. is who you are referring to. She? Terminator. Yeah, I was about to say, Terminator. And my favorite episode, San Junipero. Oh, that was a good episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's okay. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to be done with (laughs) that. Dexter, what was your, uh, what's your sleeper? I was about to ask you what was your favorite episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, technically this is two episodes, so I have two sleepers. Okay. Because I had a sleeper for last week. My first sleeper is Running Scared. Uh, it's a, a movie with uh, the late Paul Walker. Um, mm-hmm. It has uh, it's um, it's a lot of people. Um, uh, what's her name? Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. How you say Vera her name? Vera, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. Yep. She's in it, and uh, oh, what, what was the uh, what did what was the what, what did we just watch recently that had the little boy in it? So Cameron that made me say Wright, let's watch it. Who was in uh, Butterfly Effect? Ah, oh. but, yeah, I was watching the Butterfly Effect. I decided to put that on the other day, and you know we looked back and we seen. <laughs> and the funniest thing is, there's a part in a uh, movie that kind of resent like there's pedophilia in both of those movies. Sugar you know warning. what I'm saying? And <laughs> And seems to be like the watcher of like he happens to be on the outside, the inside looking in in both. It's mad weird, like that that correlation is a thing. However, Running Scared is about it's based off of it's a remake or whatever. However, it's about um, Paul Walker kind of like the mob. Um, He was asked to get rid of a gun that shot a cop. He didn't get rid of the gun. And uh, Cameron Blight, the little boy, he actually uh, finds the gun and shoots his dad and um after that it's like a, to get this gun and it's like when i say it's a race it's race this gun you know what <laughs> what I'm like and it's a non-stop this gun it's like um i recommend it's an awesome ride and it's it's a lot of ups and downs and it's a lot of man and uh my second sleeper is um oh you can find running scared i think it was on uh, oh time mm-hmm. hbo it was on hbo yes. you can find running scared on hbo uh, also, other sleep was uh, called Amazing Stories. It's a it's a Apple Plus. I gotta say that I gotta get. It. It's an Apple TV Plus. Um, it's an anthology. Um, it's executive produced by Mr. Spielberg. Um, mm-hmm. So you know his money behind it. But the other two people are actually Adam Horowitz, Edward Kitsis. They're the guys who. Um, okay. They also um, and basically. It's like I said, it's an anthology episode. Um, I mean, it's an anthology show. So each episode is new characters, new people, new plot. Um, this first one that I watched, it has the kid Del- Dylan O'Brien in it. He plays Thomas from the Maze Runner. He was mm-hmm. also Teen Wolf on um, the MTV show. 
Um, and weirdly, he's the voice of Bumblebee. I don't even understand that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, it also has the girl Victoria Pedretti in it. Um, she's the one who plays Eleanor in The Haunted Hill House. She plays Danny in Bly Mon- Manor. Um, she was Love Quinn in You. Um, and she was actually also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just watched that. She was one of the Manson people in the cult. And that's literally her entire filmography. <laughs> like, she's been in that much good stuff, like, that early. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, um, I talked enough. Just check it out. The, uh, you know, it's obviously Steven Spielberg. I don't think he puts his name on anything that's R-rated. You um, give us the cast, but what's the premise? Well, the premise of the show or the premise show, the episode that I watched. Because it's a, it's like a... It's like a fantasy show. Uh, look, I ain't see the second episode to even tell you the correlation between the two. You so you cut it out and just use the one sleeper? It's like no, a- no, I'm just saying, like, this is the, these are the guys from Lost. This is Steven Spielberg. These are, you know, um, I don't want to say A-list, but these are, you know, hot actors. And I watched it, felt like a whole, you know, little movie. Like, it was it was dope. I mean, it had a, I had a good impression. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know what the second one is to be able to say, like, you know, how related. Like, Black Mirror, you can say, you know, technology makes them related. You know what I mean? But I'm not 100% sure, you know, what the second one is. So, I'll get back to you. I, was about to say, I almost feel like this would have fit <laughs> in the beginning of the podcast with the things you've been watching. As but opposed to Sleeper. Okay. All right. Wake up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm awake. Get over here, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my sleeper this week is a throwback. One of my, I don't even want to say favorite movies, but it's definitely one of my go tos. The Last Castle, starring Robert Redford, James Gandolfini, Mark Ruffalo, and Steve Burton, who anyone who watches General Hospital knows Steve Burton as Jason Morgan. This was like the one movie he did outside of General Hospital. But anyway, Del Orlando's in the movie. It is a great movie about an army general who gets sentenced to Leavenworth for 10 years. James Gandolfini plays the prison warden who starts off as an admirer of his, but they quickly become at odds. And there's a struggle for power. It is such a good classic. Just it's a movie movie. It's well written. It's well acted. It's just, it's a good, it came out in 2001. So it is very reminiscent of the movies that were coming out at that time period. Like we were getting good stuff. it came out then? Yeah, it came out in 2001. Hmm. I don't know. I think Robert, <laughs> I just feel like, he, like, I swear he's like Tim Portier or like Clint Eastwood or, you know well, what I'm saying? Like he's he was like born in 1936, so he's old as fuck. Okay, so yeah, man, I feel like he's an old ass man. You know what I mean? And he was like 80 years old. He was he was a peach dragon like a couple years. Yo, so he was born in 1930. What? 1936. Then he was 70 in that movie. He's the, he's the bad guy in Civil War. And they use CGI to make him look younger. <laughs> Yo, bro. Yo, Yo, he had his shirt off. He was carrying boulders. Like, literally. Yeah. Good-ass movie. I, you know what? Now that you said that, I feel like Robert Redford's been old in every movie he's in. Like, yeah. what you saying? Yeah. Like, he was like, like Freeman, he just been old. It was like, is my math terrible? He was, he was like 63. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. It's, I didn't It's even, funny I, you I guess, saying that. I, I, I kind of wish it said something else, Leaper, because... My one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called Sneakers. Mm. It stars Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, because you said Sidney Poitier. It's got River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, what's uh, what's the lady from Closer? What's her name? Uh, 
Not clothes for major crimes. She was in Dances with Wolves. Oh, I can't even think of her name. Ben oh. Kingsley's in the movie. Yeah, some uh, white ass movies. <laughs> it's, it's really good <laughs> movie though. It's, it's mad <laughs> white ass in a row. David Stratham's in it. Either. It's it's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Yo, I hate you next to shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just like, Yo, I need that. I don't even know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Dances with wolves. I was like, damn, I probably should have seen that one. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't yeah, seen that movie. It, 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 really, it, it was really, it actually is. Need to have cinema, man. Like, you need to just have, like, old man cinema. Classic. I'm sorry, yo, but then it was fun. So, those are our sleepers. Definitely, yeah, check them out. <laughs> okay. This is the season finale of the House of Lords podcast. So, we are going to take the rest of the year off to you know move spend time with family celebrate holidays wind down from 2020 hope that 2021 is way better we're gonna give you time to watch all of the fargos so between now and january whatever day we come back maybe second week of january well second week of january time i think that's perfect that's enough time to watch all the seasons of fargo the previous seasons if you have not watched um if you have watched them Find something else in the meantime. Watch The Big Lebowski. Don't watch The Big Definitely, Lebowski. Definitely, right? That is not a good movie. It's watch not... Hail Caesar. There's another one. Hail Caesar. That watch movie was... anything with Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a Mark Ruffalo binge. I support that. Yo, no, I do not support that. Yo, yo, it's crazy. I only like him and Hope. Okay, like, yo. Let's run, down, now, let's run down Mark Ruffalo's uh, IMDb. Dark Waters, Avengers, Captain Marvel, Avengers. Okay, so all the Avengers movies, I'm not going to name them one by one. Now You See Me 2, good movie. Spotlight. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, seen one? I've seen one and two. What about Foxcatcher? I'm going in order. Spotlight, okay. The Normal Heart, Foxcatcher. That's the movie with Steve Carell? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what's the story? i never seen uh, it. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Infinitely Polar Bear, never seen it. Begin Again. Now you see me one. Thanks. Again, again, I've seen, I've seen really good, really okay. good. Uh, there's a movie called Margaret. Date Night is a great movie. That one stars Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Amazing movie. Shutter Island. See where the wild things are. He was in it for like two seconds. That's barely. He's barely in it. But I mean, if you just want to watch, go on a Mark Ruffalo tangent. There you go. That why you name, you were serious about this? I was. I was. <laughs> 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 Is there like alternatives every, to you watch? You, you named like seven, you named like eight movies I'd never heard of in my life. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, and they're probably. I only heard of one. Ruffalo, and I only said I seen because one that's of them how much. Shit, so there you go. That's how Rooms Mark Ruffles is from the Irving community. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's Mark McConaughey out here. The one movie that she said I seen, Begin Again, it has most death and like Adam Levine in it. It's like a music movie. Like he's singing, like they're singing. He's like a music producer and shit. That's the only reason I watched it. Adam Levine from Maroon 5? Yep. In a movie? It, it stars Kira Knightley. And look at you and now, her, thanks to Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Adam Levine, her ex Thanks to Adam Levine, man. Adam Levine is, is, look. Yo, Mark Ruffalo's IMDb is not bad at all. But, okay, so, mm-mm, mm-mm. on that note, we'd like to thank Mark Ruffalo <laughs> and his contribution to the, to the movie world. And that is a podcast. <laughs> and that's a podcast. So, until next time, take care of yourselves and be good to each other.